millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? The show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. Well, firstly, I just want to apologise because my voice is a little croaky. Do you want to guess as to why that might be? Karaoke. Yes. Oh, (laughs) it's always a good guess for you. Do you want to guess as to which song was the... uh... At the Junction? No. Oh, go on then. What? Nobody does it better. Oh. Oh, good choice. Up the junction, I can I can sing without hurting my vocal cords, but mm. it's nobody does it better, which is the one that really does for me. So right. I'm slightly croaky today, mm. um, croaky but jubilant because we've been nominated for an award. Oh, I know it's very exciting. Been nominated for best new podcast mm. at the British Podcast Awards, which we're thrilled about. Yeah, um, we are up against. Me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stiff competition from you. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's five nominees. Mm. Uh, I, I couldn't name them all off the top of my head, but mm. I know that this podcast is one of them, and then the other podcast I do with Ed Miliband is is another. Mm. So I'm just not quite sure about the etiquette on the night. Do we share the same table? Oh, what, what so you thinking? You and Ed can sit on the table, and I can sit on my own. Or do I flip between <laughs> the two? Do I do starter with you, main course with him, dessert with you, coffee? <laughs> And Petty Fours with mm. him. I'm not sure that's a sit-down meal. I wouldn't worry. Right, okay. Yeah, worry. Um, but we're, we're thrilled about it. There mm. is, a, there is a, in addition to uh, the category that we're nominated in and various other ones, there is a listener choice mm. award where people who listen to the podcast can, can vote. And I thought about asking you to do it, but I just think it's too big an ask. Is it, I think it's embarrassing to ask, isn't it? I, I, so. I feel embarrassed to ask. Yeah. yeah, I've seen some huge podcasts mm. asking their listeners to vote for them. Oh, and the thing is, I mean, firstly, they're huge podcasts, so they've mm. got loads of listeners. Yeah, we got no chance. No. So what's what's the point? <laughs> I did think of hiring um, an Indian click farm. <laughs> click farm, no, because no. they do. They you can pay a relatively small amount of money. That's the most depressing thing you've ever said. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. <laughs> So, so I just wanted to let you know, as a listener to this podcast, we're not going to humiliate ourselves mm. by begging you, yeah, to to vote for us at the British Podcast Awards 
listener choice thing. Yeah. What's the website address? <laughs> There's no point. There's I know. No point. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. You know, unless we somehow set up some kind of Ponzi scheme where everybody who listened to the podcast then managed to get another six people mm. to vote for our podcast. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. there are some big, big hitters in there mm. who are sort of mobilizing their army of fans. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't like to think of our um, listeners as, as an army. Or even a small militia. Oh, definitely not a small militia. No, no. no. So, so you're off the hook with that. Okay. Um, what else can I tell you about? I'm worried I've got nappy rash. <laughs> Do I have to ask what the symptoms are? The insides oh, of my thighs God. are red oh, raw. Well, that's not that's not strictly nappy rash, is it? I call that chafing. Well, <laughs> whatever it is, it's, oh. not, it's not pretty down there. Sidocrine. I'm worried about like putting something on and it making it worse. But if you put pseudocreme on a baby, it's going to be all right on an, an adult man, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll smell like a baby, but that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, it looks it looks quite angry down there, oh. and I do think you know if I'm honest with myself, and this is a bit bleak, I think it's chafing because I've put on some weight. No, and I just worry about how long before I inadvertently lose the remote control and <laughs> some folds. Of my fat. Sidocreme isn't going to help that. No. no. That's, uh, I remember somebody telling me that years ago that they knew somebody who'd worked in an accident in an emergency department and a guy had come in and they couldn't work out what was wrong. <laughs> and basically a remote control had gone between two folds of fat and then the skin had grown over it. Oh my God. So there's remote control inside of him. And I'm just worried that's the direction I'm heading him. I would say that you were... A good few decades off again, coming even close Maybe. to that. I really wouldn't worry about that. Doesn't smell good either, this thing. Oh, God. Is that why you're wearing just boxer shorts right now? Trying to air it out That's a little bit. They're yeah. not boxer shorts. Oh, they're, sorry. They're, I can't remember what they're called, but they're kind of... Um... They're not shorts, that's for sure. And if they're not boxer shorts, please, please. Leisure shorts. Please, leisure, leisure house shorts. shorts. House shorts. House shorts. Of course they're house Trying shorts. Trying to aerate the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that time? So this is a bit gross. If you don't like really gross things, then you can skip over the next 30 seconds. Can I <laughs> skip over it? Do you, do you remember that time when I became really preoccupied with worrying about whether my scrotal yes, area... Yes, yes. Smelled strange or not? I, I, but the reason why I most remember this because I was in a taxi with you once, and you had a very loud phone conversation about it while I was sitting next to you, and while the taxi driver could hear was as I well. Was I booking a doctor's appointment? You were, and you were very, very loudly, like very, very loudly, talking about exactly what you thought well, they the smell. Had, they said, "What is the appointment about?" Yeah, yeah. Just, you could have lowered your voice. Just, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> it was awful because I, um, so I didn't want to bother the NHS doctor with it hmm. because even though I was very concerned about the what I seem to remember as being a, a kind of fungal smell okay um I thought these doctors have got enough on the plate I don't want to be a drain on the resources of the national health system hmm. so I went to a private Harley Street doctor oh was it okay yeah because mm. I didn't you know which I'd, I'm not usually a private health kind of person no but it was specifically because I didn't want to be a drain Okay. On resources. Yeah. And it was very strange because I went to see this guy. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'd, I'd gone to the doctor because I was worried that it smelled odd down there. <laughs> uh, now, at the time, I was in a relationship with my now wife, but she was living in America. Right. So I couldn't just say, hey, will you ever smell of this? Tell me if it smells oh. off or not to you. Right, right. So I had to go to the doctor and explain what the problem was. But of course, the doctor's not just going to go down there and sniff. <laughs> 
matter what I feel he did was he did this examination where he was really just like pretending to look at it all from a dermatologist's point of view. Yeah, yeah. Whilst having a sneaky little sniff at he the same going. time. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Trying to conceal it. <laughs> to <laughs> anyway, as it turned out, it hmm. was it was all fine. Can do I remember rightly that the um, the remedy was you were supposed to start wearing underwear? Am I right? Because <laughs> at the time you didn't wear underwear. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. H- I, house shorts. I, d- <laughs> I did a good decade. I did uh, a good decade, yeah. commando style. Yeah, but, yeah. But it turned you know, out that was yeah. the cause of these. It's good to have different phases of your life you can look back exactly. on, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when you're not paying attention, you didn't even realize you were in a sewer. This is not that case. Right now you're on a lake and it's nice. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port adrift. We'd love to hear from you. Please share your story of social ineptitude. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is from David. Last month I was on a holiday with my family in South Africa and on one of our final days in Cape Town we went to a local street market, the kind of place designed almost exclusively for tourists and one of those places where you're supposed to haggle with the vendors. I was there with my parents and sisters and we split up to have a look around. I should point out at this point that my mum is a brutal haggler. She will wear any vendor down to the point of exhaustion and sometimes end up paying only a quarter of the asking price as a result. I, however, did not inherit this trait, as you will soon find out. I was on the lookout for a fridge magnet, as wherever I go on a trip, I like to buy one as a nice cheap little souvenir of my travels. I spotted a beautiful painted one of the South African flag, about the size of a biscuit, maybe five centimetres across. The vendor, a tall African gentleman, wandered over, and doing my best to be friendly, I engaged him in a bit of light-hearted small talk. He asked me where I was from, how I was enjoying Cape Town, the usual questions. I slowly began to realise during this conversation that I shouldn't be making friends with this man as we're about to engage in financial (laughs) negotiations. But by then, it was too late he'd sucked me in. Now, when I asked him how much the flag magnet was, he told me it was 400 rand. I was quite taken aback by this, as that was the equivalent of about £25. £25 for a fridge magnet. I tried to hide how aghast I was, probably failing. And when I tried to politely explain to him that where I come from, they normally cost about a fiver, he started going on about how it was hand-painted and I have to feed my family. Unable to tell if he was being sincere or playing me for a fool, I did my best to begin to haggle, loathing every second of it. After two of the longest minutes of my life, I managed to get him down to 250 rand, 16 pounds, which was almost all the spending money I had on me. Not wishing to prolong this agony any longer, I bought the magnet, said thank you and hurried away, (laughs) wincing and wishing I could go back in time and just order one online instead. When I got back to my family, I told my mum I bought a magnet. And she suspiciously asked, how much? (laughs) Knowing full well how pathetically bad I am at haggling. (laughs) Terrified of her reaction, I told her that it was originally 400 rand, but I had managed to haggle him down to just 150 rand, nine pounds. Even this was greeted with a derisive cry of, nine pounds for a fridge magnet? I didn't dare tell her I'd actually paid almost twice that for fear of what might happen. I could easily see her marching me back to the stall like a five-year-old and demanding the vendor give me a better price. Anyway, cut to a month later and my £16 magnet (laughs) is now centre stage on my fridge in my flat, there forever, as a constant reminder of just how terrible I am at negotiating with anyone. Oh, that's great. His mum should meet my mother-in-law, Lynn Barron. This is from Nicholas. 
Last month, I was invited by my cousin to join him and some of his uni mates to his holiday cottage on the Suffolk coast. I hadn't met his friends, but was keen to make a good impression as I get on well with my cooler cousin and want his respect. One of his friends, Aid, was from Nigeria. We drove up and arrived late on the Friday night. Unfortunately, one of us had to be allocated the very small cabin-type room on the ground floor. This honour fell to Aid. He made a very droll song and dance about being given the servants' quarters and we all chuckled and shuffled off to bed. The next morning, I was first up, so decided to watch TV in the living room next to Aid's room. I heard him exiting his room and, keen to make a good impression, cracked a rather overeager, Hello, slave! I mean, servant! Nothing was said, but there was a tangible feeling of unease for the remainder of the weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it deserves nothing more than that uh, that noise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Vanessa, she's from Taylor's SC USA. South Carolina, do you think? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Right, okay. I'm a long-time sufferer of social anxiety and I'm typically awkward in public situations. However, my husband is a textbook extrovert and approaches everyone he meets with an upbeat, chatty, positive attitude. My husband is a little hard of hearing and therefore can also be loud, which might be mistaken for a lack of tact, particularly when he fails to think before he speaks. Of course, this gets him in trouble as this regularly causes me an extra level of social discomfort. Years ago, we stopped to get coffee at a local bookstore. My husband was chatting away with the person behind us in the queue and had not noticed the young lady at the register who is patiently waiting to take our order. I use the term young lady loosely because I will admit, at a glance, her gender was not readily apparent. She had very short hair, no makeup, wore glasses and had fairly masculine features, i.e. flat chest, square jaw, broad shoulders, etc., However, one glance at her name tag, which, as I recall, read Rebecca or something similarly effeminate, and the sound of her melodious voice as she asked, how may I help you, removed all ideas of androgyny from my mind. I happily gave her my order and then turned to my husband, still chatting away with a stranger behind us. I tapped him on the shoulder and said, tell her what you'd like. He spun around, glanced at her, turned back to me and very loudly stated, it's a guy! Everyone in the coffee shop turned to look at him. Just order! I snapped back, all the while wishing that the floor would open up and swallow me into the abyss. How embarrassing for that poor girl and how embarrassing for me. It was only later that my husband noticed his gender assumption error. He wasn't embarrassed at all. He did not even apologise. I still cringe every time I recall this memory. Have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Because I, I occasionally have been mistaken for a woman, which I think, you know, is odd for somebody with a beard. It's <laughs> usually, you know, I'll be, I've, I've been out for lunch with, say, three female friends and the waiter comes over and goes, ladies, what can I get for you? Oh, right, right. And when I had long hair as well, yes. it happened to me once. Uh, I was DJing in um, a gay club in Manchester and I was walking from one room to another and I felt an arm snake around my waist and then sort of I spun round to see what was going on and it was a woman who looked horrified and she said oh my god I'm so sorry from the hair I thought you were going to be this beautiful Tori Amos look like you thought it was okay to snake her arm around you i know <laughs> i know that was my me too moment <laughs> um, anyway uh we would love to hear from you if you've got any similar stories um i also thought about awkwardness around medical professionals you know bearing in mind that i've very bravely shared the story mm. of basically asking a doctor to smell my crotch <laughs> yeah 
Whoa. Um, oh, and also, I was thinking uh, we we should throw out um, like if you got any any sort of not recognizing stories as well. And this doesn't really go anywhere. But I had a meeting with somebody the other day, and because I'm a freelancer, I have meetings in cafes these days. Oh, right. So I'd, I'd agreed to meet somebody in a cafe, but I had no idea what they looked like. I got there first, but I didn't know that I got there first. So I spent quite a lot of time making quite intense eye contact with strange men uh, in the hope that one of them would go, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of them did, and the guy was running 10 minutes late. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. It's really horrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you I didn't thought, Google image them beforehand. I, I tried, That's, but he wasn't Google imageable. Oh, yes. I'm glad you tried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so this type of thing, please. You can email us, hello at adriftpodcast.com. Time for Adrift with Annabelle Port and Jeff Lloyd. In whatever order makes sense to you, you are the one that is perceiving it. Annabelle, yeah. you have prepared a story. Mm-hmm. What's this week's story about? Well, I noticed it was National Sibling Day last week. I'm not sure why. Like, I, I really don't feel what that can achieve. Like, we don't need to raise awareness of siblings, do we? It's <laughs> a strange day. But I think I only noticed it as I've been thinking about how my son will probably be an only child. And when I say probably, I don't mean there's any chance whatsoever that I'll have another one. I mean that there's a chance that Tom will leave me for someone younger or just nicer, or probably younger and nicer, and have more children with her, giving Rudy some half-brothers or sisters, which would be nice for him. But I do think that siblings only really come into their own when you're in your 20s onwards, which I think is a long time to wait. But for that... I think they're very overrated. Although when we were little, I have to admit that my big sister did me the big favour of making sure I was never ticklish by tying me to the bed and tickling me until I just couldn't feel it anymore. (laughs) Something which I think she learned from her time in the Stasi. But I do think it is really great now that when people try and tickle me and they just get nothing. I mean, admittedly, I can't remember the last time anyone did try to tickle me. I think I I just don't move in those kind of circles. But but anyway, she also once threw me down the stairs, which resulted in my head being cut open. Still got the scar on my forehead. She has changed that story in the intervening years to one where we were doing forehead rolls by a radiator and I misjudged it and cracked my head open on the radiator. I mean, that would have to be a very aggressive and forceful roly-poly, wouldn't it? (laughs) But in my sister's defence, I was your classic annoying younger sister. And between about eight and 12, I was in some situations very overconfident. I mean, that has long since left me, thank (laughs) God, because nothing worse than someone overconfident. But I'm not sure that this defence stands up in this story. So my family had gone to Scotland. I'm not sure why entirely, but I'm guessing because my granny and granddad lived there at the time. I'm also guessing they didn't have enough room for my mum and dad and me and my sister, who were about four and five at the time. So we stayed in a hotel one night. And that night, my parents went out and left me and my sister in the room. Now, I know this sounds like a less extreme version of when you hear about a woman who goes on holiday to Tenerife and leaves her eight-year-old at home to fend for herself and gets arrested on return at the airport. But don't worry, because they had a baby monitor. And they left one half of that with the receptionist to keep an eye on us. Now, the story goes that they returned, my parents, from their night out to find the receptionist laughing on reception because they'd overheard on the baby monitor, me and my sister had the following exchange. My sister, Annabelle, do you love mummy? Me, yes. My sister, do you love daddy? Me, yes. My sister, well, they don't love you. And I burst into hysterical tears. Now, 
I just like to pick this apart for a moment because, first of all, the way that she set that up for a five-year-old is just incredible. <laughs> she set up that killer blow beautifully. Like another five-year-old might just have gone, Annabelle, mummy, daddy don't love you. Doesn't have anywhere near as much power, does it? I mean, that, that's a masterful use of language. It's masterful bullying. It is, it is. I'd also like to question why the receptions were laughing so much and hadn't kind of like tried to intervene or anything. Like yeah. I was four years old in a strange hotel room with my quite possibly psychopathic sister learning for the first time that the two people I love most in the world didn't love me and they're laughing. I would also like to question why my parents left us with some strangers and a baby monitor to get all Cain and Abel. But, you know, the 70s. <laughs> anyway, all in all, I think I'm very happy for my son to probably be an only child. Form an orderly bubble and off we go. Adrift. So, Annabelle, your book is out this week. Yes, it is. On the 19th of April, it is out. Which is, uh, I guess that's tomorrow if you listen to the podcast on the day that it's released. Um and I can't help otherwise because I don't, you know, we would be here a long time if I speculated to, <laughs> yes. to all the other times at which somebody might listen to it. Mm. But you can get it off uh, um, big evil corporate booksellers. Yep. You can go to your local independent shop and get it. Um, you can get it other places online as well. This is, yeah, this yeah. is very exciting. Um, so what's your strategy then? Strategy, yeah. Um, my strategy <laughs> is to make phone calls to, to people who aren't interested in me and then do a few tweets. <laughs> That's my strategy. Did, well, are you, you cold did, calling? Did you mean my PR strategy? Are you cold calling people? I've been co- I've been doing a few cold emails. With, with the phone book? With the phone book, yeah. You're not just like ringing people. I, I once, very briefly, I once worked for, worked for a double glazing sales oh. uh, team. Um, and it was just, you would just sit there with the phone book and ring people oh. until you got somebody to agree to an appointment. Yeah, yeah. And we had signs up on the um, wall saying things like, smile while you dial. Oh, no. And, and this oh. one's not so good. Don't moan, don't moan when you phone. <laughs> That's only because it rhymes. I know, like, I know. Who's going to make that call and moan? Like, I hi, I'm really like fed up with my job. And <laughs> But I was... Um, I was uh, looking at your Twitter and I'm, I'm seeing some pictures of dogs with your books, which I yeah. think is, is good. So people uh, have your book and they have a dog. I'd love to see that. Those two things combined yeah. would be lovely. Yeah. Also, your, your book in exotic places. Yeah, yeah. Um, outside the Empire State Building. That's yeah. it so far, but you know. I also enjoyed your photograph of your own book on a bookshelf with some of the greats of literature. Oh, well, that's not my photo. Someone uh-huh. sent that to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was next to War and Peace and Crime and Punishment. Yeah, th- this is good. Yeah. So more of those you would welcome. Um and you were interviewed for what is it like? I love the eighties. Eighties nostalgia website. And it was the big book interview. Do you think the person was it? Uh, who's the person behind it? Do we know? Yes, Craig. Do do we think he's mixed you up with Annabelle Giles? Probably. Or Annabelle Croft? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Because you're not really an eighties figure. Well, I I did grow up in the eighties. I think yeah, it was a loose connection there. But, but... isn't this website all about eighties nostalgia? Yeah. And they're like, oh god, remember all those things from the eighties, like Annabelle Poor. <laughs> You, I think he thinks oh, you're Annabelle Croft. No, that's so hard. Do you think? Yes. I don't want her to break the news. Because <laughs> you might take the interview down. Yeah, yeah. And I, need, I, very, I need it because of my only interview. I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was a very uh, fun interview, actually. Oh, thanks. Apart from one aspect. Oh, no. Um, in w- which you said that you enjoy, you talk about the 80s sweets that you used to eat. Oh, yeah, you? yeah. And you mentioned like the 1P white mice. What? You don't like those? Sickly. Oh, I love sickly things. I love white chocolate, but white mice are a step too far for I, me. I think it's a bit weird that they're mice. Like, why would I eat, want to eat? I'm not a cat. I don't want to eat a whole mouse. But if you really want to get into 80s nostalgia, do you remember no. that TV series V? No. Do you not? No. Oh, it was great. It was about um, 
aliens coming to Earth and colonizing. No. And they were humanoid and they were in the, the shape of us and they were very friendly and they just wanted to share the knowledge. No. Apart from they weren't really. They wanted us as food. Oh. And they were secretly lizards oh. underneath the human skin. Oh. But the, the, sort of a big reveal in one of the episodes was one of them eating a mouse dangling by its tail and dropping into a mouth and then later in the series sorry this is a spoiler alert for anybody who didn't (laughs) see it um, like one of the aliens had had sex with a human woman and gave birth to a lizard baby and that was like I feel that was a great moment of 80s television are you saying you think that I'm a lizard inside because it's a bit David Icke I'm saying (laughs) I'm not saying that I'm not saying that so um, so uh, anyway we would advise you to buy Annabelle's book? I think I think you should buy it because I think it's nice to read stuff, new stuff, and like you might enjoy it and it might be funny. And if you listen to the old radio show, it might bring back some fond memories. <laughs> I'm getting desperate now. <laughs> but I think the main reason, it's got a really nice cover, so it looked nice on your bookshelf. The cover is very nice, actually. Mm. It's not dissimilar to the to the cover of the novel, I, the novel Call Me By Your Name, which is doing it. Or I don't know if it's a reprint oh, since the film came right, out. Yeah, yeah. Because my wife saw somebody reading that yeah. on public transport, got all excited mm. and thought it was your book. Mm. And, and then it wasn't. It was yeah. you know, a very famous <laughs> novel that's become <laughs> successful an extremely successful film. film yeah. But, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice to, you know, it'd be nice if it got to a stage that mm. enough people bought it mm. that at some point you could see it at a jumble sale or in a charity shop. Oh, that'd be the dream. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Annabelle's book is out now. It's Annabelle versus the Internet and Other Adventures. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even I've forgotten. It's Annabelle versus the Internet, the time I updated Google HQ and Other Adventures. Until we're all caught out pretending we know what we're doing, which we don't, obviously. Mm, it's quite apparent adrift all right moving on to this week's the incident each week i take uh, an awkward social interaction from my life and i put it under the microscope i look for advice and and people sometimes say to me do these things really happen to you every week and and yes they do like every week there is a a deep well from which to draw Mm. of uncomfortable social interactions except for these this week Oh. Like fairly much nothing has happened. Is that because you just haven't left the house? I mean, I can't think I mean, of any I other reason. I barely left the house. Wow. Um, so I just want to say that I am aware that I'm barrel scraping here. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We're all prepared for this now. Yeah. Okay. So um, I had to go out the other day and um, I had to, to, to go out for a meeting. And I was on a – just getting, just crashing a little bit, you know, my blood sugars were down. Mm. So as I was heading to the train station – um, I popped into the news agents and I thought, I don't, I don't want a lot of anything. Mm. I just want something little, yep. but sweet. I want mm. something little mm. so I can get a sugar hit from it. So if you're thinking of a, a small sugar hit, what, what springs to mind? I'd get a finger of fudge. Finger of fudge is okay. what I went in for. Right. So I go in, I think I'm going to get myself a finger of fudge and I look and there they are, finger of fudge, mm-hmm. 30p. Okay. A finger of fudge. Okay. Take it to the counter. Say hi. Can I just have this, please? Give him a five pound note. Mm. He said, "Oh no, sorry, I can't. I can't sell you that." What? Why? I said, "I'm sorry." He said, "I'm not changing a five pound note for just for thirty p." What? Yes. Everything in that shop costs about thirty p. Well, I don't know if I was buying a boost, for example. What's that? Sixty p. Okay, still. So I think, like, I, I don't. I think if I'd have <laughs> then put it back, this is the worst picked shop. Up sixty p's worth of confectionery. He would have happily changed the fiver, but he wasn't willing to do it no. for thirty p. This is a shop. Someone's buying something. Yeah. 
So what did you do? I, I put it back and left the shop. I, Good for you. Yeah, I thought I'm not in, indulging this kind of behaviour. Yeah. Um, but is that acceptable? I find out in this week's The Incident. <laughs> Minu Patel is my friend and former proprietor of Regents News newsagent on Beak Street in London. Very unreasonable. Yeah, I, I agree. So what would you have done in that situation? I would have just changed, I was accepted the money because at the end of the day you are there for trade. You are not for there for anything else, your service industry. But what what if you're you a bit what if you're a bit light on change though? What do you do in that situation? Yeah, but you say, look, I'm sorry, but I've got let's say but you would still give because at the end of the day it's a sale. Name of the game is a sale. If, if, if because by servicing, giving you the change, you will come back again, not feeling guilty. Yes, I feel like I can't go back in that news agent again, and it's it's on my yeah, way. I think it's wrong in that way. And the other way, Jeff, is that if it's a news agent, you should have change all the time. Yeah, rule rule one really of being a news agent. You do because at the end of the day, you have a float at, underneath for about two hundred pound coins. And you work around that. What is what is the largest amount of money that one customer ever spent in one go? In the region's use? Yeah. About £70, £80 of magazines. So what do you think? They're drunk. If they're buying like £80 worth of magazines, what's going on there? They're just a bit drunk. Well, you know just... what it is, isn't it? You know what kind of <laughs> magazines they're buying. You don't need to mention those. <laughs> 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 why Why do they need £80 worth? Are they going to strew them around in a big circle? Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's their own pleasure. Well, the part of the job is you don't ask the question, I suppose. You don't ask the question, but no, at the end of the day, you're interested in making money. And and do you do you make a point of not making eye contact with those people? You just look at them. Just, you have to do look at them, otherwise there's no point in being in business. Yeah. What is, is there a difference in markup between like a magazine like, say, for example, the Radio Times or Woman's Own and, the, and a dirty magazine like Razzle? <laughs> there is a difference. Uh, the top share markup is a bit more higher. That just depends on which company you're getting it from. Uh-huh. But the uh, weekly market, which you, you get from W. Smith or John Menzies and all those, I get the, the percentage have dropped drastically from the time I was doing. Right. I took, We were getting about 28% uh, 20 years ago, 28 30%. I think it's now about 18%. So it is low. Tough times. What is the thing in the whole of the newsagent shop that you have the biggest markup on? Most money I was making was on magazines. And card sales are there as well because you had a good markup on cards. But the turnover, again, to magazines, to cards was different. Card sales will only go at at a certain point, like it's a birthday or Christmas or seasonal time. But people have birthdays every day of the year, though, don't they? So that's not seasonal. How many birthday cards would you sell every day? I don't know, you tell Five. me. Five, is that Five all? Ten. Yeah, oh. because you're a news agent, remember that. If you're getting your card from the news agents, maybe you don't care that much about the person you're buying it for. No, it, it depends on news because you can get good quality cards, which I used to do. I used to do with a company called Carlton and all those. So they're good, expensive cards, like Hallmark and everyone. Right. You can buy cash and carry cards, which are tip cards, which is the Simon Elvin cards. And you might pay 20 pence for a card, you sell it for 99 pence. It's a good markup. Yeah. What's uh, what's the markup on a Cornetto? I think Cornetto's may be about 30%, less than 30%. But then you've got your overhead of having the freezer plugged in all the time, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. You've got to think about yeah. that. And did you ever ban anybody from Regent's News? No, I never did that. Never, never said, never you're barred? No, never.
nobody got injured. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if did, somebody had come up with a, some kind of a knife or something, it would have been harder. Mm-hmm. And did you ever fall out with any of your regulars over the years? I fell out with somebody else in my old news agents in uh, Stockmington. What happened? It was my next-door neighbour, like, oh, there's drivers and all that. So they used to be very nice to you and all that, and sometimes you would get a bit funny to you. So when you get a bit ratty with me, and that time I was young as well, I said, right, I'm not talking to you. Get out of my shop. I don't want you in my shop because you were good. <laughs> <laughs> then a week later, I'll come down, talk to my dad. He said, look, I think, or whatever. And we make up. So it's one of those things. Loving, loving whatever you say. <laughs> so should I, with the, with this shop, with the five pound note, do you think I should go and try and make amends with the guy? No, I, should... I shouldn't do that. It's just silly because he's, he's a loser. So I should just boycott his news agents from now onwards. Yeah, fine. He, he lo- Listen, another day, he's lost in a long time. If you remember one thing, when I was at Region News, the only thing I believed in was customer service. By me serving you well, you would go and tell somebody else. Right? The word to mouth made the difference. And you know for a fact that we never advertised or we publicized about the news agents, did we? <laughs> no, but to be fair, not very many news agents are, are advertising, are they? Ah, but so, so you do leaflets in the newspapers. We do delivery service. We do this. We do that. But if people have got the newspapers with the leaflets in them, they're already shopping at your news agents. Yeah, it's true. Well, it was a great news agent, I mean, we're still talking about it 11 years later. I know, I know, definitely. <laughs> I still miss it. I still miss those days. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You're adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Everything that you always wanted And a friend that was with you all the time Who is also watching you closely judging A uh, couple of uh, couple of bits and pieces mm-hmm. Went to the chippy the other day yep. And I went to put my salt and vinegar It was a chippy where you eat in Okay Went to put my salt and vinegar on mm mm-hmm. And I picked up the vinegar bottle, mm. and it didn't say vinegar anywhere on the bottle, mm. but it said non-brewed condiment. What? What's gone on there? I'd love to know what's gone on there. What does it even mean? So I think this chippy must have been trying to pass off some kind of dodgy version of vinegar. <laughs> but vinegar's vinegar, isn't it? Well, you'd have thought so. A dodgy version of like a cheap version of vinegar. Yeah, because with white spirit. <laughs> Like, vinegar is not known for being like saffron, the most expensive no. thing in the world, is no, it? Unless you know, get balsamic, you know, that's expensive. Yeah, but... but I mean, it was just it's just a regular chippy. Wow. But the vinegar bottles don't say vinegar anymore; they say non-brewed condiment. Wow, what's going on? Who cares if it's brewed or not? I don't get the non-brewed thing. But maybe you're not allowed to call it vinegar if it hasn't been brewed. Oh. But it does still beg the question: Why aren't they just using vinegar? Yeah, it really does beg that question. So I'll just throw this out there: If anybody can. 
shed any light on that. Mm. Like, what has gone on? Has somebody mounted a legal case against my local chippy? <laughs> yeah. That has meant they needed to replace mm. vinegar with... The only thing I thought, and I mean, this is really a push. So this is quite a diverse area. Just up the road, there's like a huge um, uh, Hasidic Jewish population. right? And then just down the road... There's like quite a big Muslim population. There's a mosque fairly much opposite the chippy. Yeah. And I wondered if it might be something uh, to do with some religion won't let you put something on your chips if it's been brewed because that kind of thing is, you know, yeah. if, if you know about scriptures and, uh, like, you know, I've, I've read bits of the Old Testament. I don't know so much of the Quran or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it seems to me God is very picky about that kind of thing. Well, if you can't like touch a light switch on a Friday or yeah, something, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if you couldn't have that. Yeah. 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 Um, so it, it it could be that, but um, if anybody can shed any light onto why my chippy has moved over Ooh. to non-brewed condiment. Yeah. Like it's not even got a jazzy name. No, it's a terrible name. Yeah. So that was one thing. The other thing is um, I was scrolling through Facebook the other day and a video starts playing. And firstly, isn't it annoying that the the sound is just always up on videos these days on the internet? Yeah, it is annoying, very. So what it has become, it's become like... Ten years ago, used to be fighting to close pop-ups. Mm-mm. Now it's like fighting to turn off the volume. It's annoying when you've got a baby asleep on you and you're yeah. scrolling down and it starts blaring it's out. It's just, just, just yeah. annoying. It's yeah. like playing whack-a-mole. You have to stop it yeah. before yeah. Any, any kind of advertising message has gone into your ears. Mm. Um, and, you know, fine if, you're, uh, if you choose it, but these things being forced on you. Anyway, sounding like an old man. <laughs> um, so some video turns up. The, the singer Liam Gallagher. Mm has made a video promoting one of the mobile phone networks. And they're obviously getting famous people to talk about the gigs that changed their lives. Right. So he comes on and uh, full confession here. So I, I, when I was 21 and Oasis were first a thing, I was playing them on the radio. I found them a very exciting band, went to see them a bunch of times. They were a great live act. And I've subsequently interviewed Noel Gallagher on a number of occasions, very funny man, interviewed Liam once, extremely difficult. Right. So I do carry a bit of baggage with me. Okay. It was like he saw that I had glasses on and thought, <laughs> oh, there's one of the types of person that I would bully at school and was horrible to right, me. Right, right. Um, so, so anyway, um, he comes on, he's going, the, chi- the gig that changed my life. This is weird. So I, I am from the Manchester area. <laughs> I just tried to do an approximation of Liam Gallagher's accent and it came out, sounded like a, a builder from Essex. Sounded like I was trying to do a Manchester yeah, accent. I mean, I just don't know what happened there. I won't attempt. No, try again. Just, try, again. Yeah. try again. I shan't. I'll okay. just do it in my own voice. So he goes, the gig that changed my life. <laughs> I did try. <laughs> Couldn't help yourself. It is weird. I'll tell you what's weird. Um, it's, it's like, it was always a puzzle to me why Daphne in Frasier sounded like she was doing a pretend British accent when the actor who played her, Jane Leaves, was in fact British. Right, right. And there's some weird pressure that is on me now. (laughs) That means I I can't speak in my own accent. (laughs) Okay, so so Liam says, the gig that changed my life, Mm. just do my own voice now. Yeah, very good. Was in 1989 in Manchester, Mm -hmm. Stone Roses. Right. I was on the dole at the time. And I borrowed some money off my mum and off he goes. And I'm watching this and I think, Liam Gallagher is fairly much the same age as I am. Mm-hmm. So ni- 1989 was the year I left school. Right, yeah. So there's at least the best part of half of that year where Liam Gallagher couldn't have been on the dole 
because he would have been in the education system. Right. And I thought, oh, I'm going to catch him out in a lie. <laughs> so I went on the internet and I, I Googled um, all the Stone Roses gigs in 1989. Yeah. And sure enough, their Manchester gig was in, in the 2nd of May, I think. Yeah. Which... You know, you you know from doing GCSE because yeah. I found another interview where he says he's got four GCSEs. Right, so he did. So he GCSEs. definitely did GCSEs. Yeah. Oh my god, the research in this! <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, so he was still at school, basically. Yeah. So basically, he's he's been paid by this mobile phone company to talk about the gig that changed his life, and he wants to say, "I was on the doll because it sounds cool." Right. I was on the doll, but he wasn't. You know, at best, he was on study leave for his GCSEs. <laughs> I was on study leave. Yeah, for my GCSEs, <laughs> I got four. So yeah, yeah. So I don't know what to do with this information now. I put it on Instagram, which I don't really use, but people keep saying you should do more on Instagram. Right, yeah. So I did a screen grab of him saying it and yeah. then discredited him underneath. Yeah. But I mean, could I go to the police with it? I think we should first of all go to the mobile phone company, then go to MI5 and then the <laughs> FBI. <laughs> if you're insightful and aligned with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Adrift. Right, I am ready to issue some rules here. Okay. It's Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Uh, we ask you to, to let us know if there is a social situation you're struggling with. We will listen to your quandary and then tell you in very clear terms what the rules are and how you should behave. William has written to us. After 32 episodes, I finally got my ass into gear and signed up to Patreon. I hope that my few dollars a month will keep you guys in tea and biscuits until you have found full-time jobs again. <laughs> Whilst I'm scratching my head about what stories pulled to pull from my 40-odd years of being socially awkward, I do have a question for Quandary Corner for you. Like I said, I'm the wrong side of 40. I've been habitually single for some time, but I do enjoy my own company and I'm very comfortable going out by myself, whether it be to the cinema, a comedy show, theatre or to a restaurant. However, I'm unsure about going to a gig by myself. The last handful of times I've been were to see St Etienne, Clint Mansell, Mansell, I don't know. Uh, wasn't he in um, Popoli itself? Oh, really? I think so. And now I think... That's Clint it... Boone, isn't it? No, he's in Spir- oh, Spiral Carpets. Oh, so many Clints. Uh, I know. God, who'd have thought? So many Clints in that I era. I think, like, apart from them two in Eastwood, I can't think of another Clint. Yeah, though, weird. Yeah. Okay. So is it Clint Mansell or Mansell? Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, does and, and I think now he's... Qu- uh, uh, Hollywood composer of some renown. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway, I was just going to Google and um, check it was properly itself, but I'm fairly confident. Okay. It also mentions Licky Lee. Am I saying that right? Oh, love Licky Lee. Licky Lee. Good. Okay. Yeah, he was the singer in Popoli itself. Oh, wow. But on those occasions, he says, they were sit-down events, and it's fair to say that a large part of the audience were about my age. My question is, what is the etiquette on going to a gig by oneself, especially if it's a stand-up venue, and if the band in question attracts a slightly younger crowd? Just to be clear, I'm not saying in a roundabouts way that I want to see Little Mix or alike. (laughs) Should I stand to the left or right of the stage by a speaker stack and shuffle about a bit in time with the music, or stand at the back by the bar? I really don't want to look like a creepy middle-aged loner guy lurking. Any advice is welcome. Black t-shirt, close to the sound desk, arms folded. 
Is it then that's the only option? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about the time that my dad went to go and see the Spice Girls on his own at, at um, the Millennium Stadium? What, what's that place called? What's the that? Millennium Dome. The Millennium Dome. You know uh, the O2. The O2. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, he went and saw Spice Girls on his own, and I think his way of dealing with being on his own, a man in his what at the time I think it must have been early seventies, uh, was that he rang me a lot to sort of, <laughs> so that people knew that like he was he did know p- other people. <laughs> When he, every time he rang you, he went, Annabelle, it's your daddy. I'm worried that people might think I look like a pervert, but I'm very much not a pervert. I've got the daughter. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm, you know, I can relate to younger girls, but not in that way. God, yeah. it is a worry. So before I became a father, I was really worried that people would see me with my own child and think I was like somebody who'd abducted a child. Jeff, what does that say about you that you think that? But no, no. But since I've had a, a child, yeah. like, I don't think that at all Good. like Good. about my own child. Yeah. But leave me with somebody else's just for a few seconds and that's oh. that's why my brain goes straight away. Right. People think I've kidnapped no, my child. No, really? Yeah. Or even if I'm going to join my wife and my son in the playground yeah. and I have to walk, you know, across the playground on my own to join them. Like, I think people think, oh, look out, perverts entered the playground. Wow. Well, funnily enough, and I have been planning ahead slightly, there is, in Quandry Corner, there is something vaguely on that topic. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that next week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, so you're saying arms folded, black T-shirt by the sound bit. Yeah, like near the sound of the lightning desk. Does he have to hold a pint? I mean, it helps. Yeah, it helps. I mean, as an alcoholic, I, can, you know, no, I know that some yeah. people can't. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but a drink of some kind. Yeah, okay, uh, good. Right, let's move on to Kristen. He says, for the last few weeks, I've been nursing a quandary that I hope you might consider for discussion at the GLAT clinic in Problematic. It concerns headphone etiquette. I like to listen to music while travelling to work, including and especially during the final walk from the station to the office. It helps me zone out and gives me a little serenity before the rigours of the day. In the last few days, a new colleague who takes the same route to the office has taken to joining me during that final walk and starting up a conversation about work matters while I'm clearly wearing headphones and listening to music. I don't want to be antisocial and would gladly have that conversation in the office, but I feel like those last few minutes before starting work are my time. I have tried ostentatiously making a show of taking off my headphones in order to respond to him, but it plainly hasn't registered. I've also half-heartedly attempted to appear so wrapped up in the music that I didn't notice him at my side, but I couldn't pull it off. Am I doomed to have that conversation every morning? Or is there a way out of this situation without any awkwardness? Any strategies welcome? Oh, God. Like, it's tricky. My instinct is saying there isn't. Does he mention his method of uh, method of transport? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, is there any changing of route that could be done? It sounds not. Even if it takes you a bit longer to get to work? An extra hour? <laughs> Just get up an hour early. Just get up and go, go to work a different time. Start an hour early. Maybe Become it's not. A late, come ask if you can go on to flexi time. Yeah. Do you have a suggestion? Work from home. <laughs> no, not everyone get can do that. Get a new job. Oh, maybe you should get those like really massive headphones. Does that help? I don't think Does it that helps. Help I think all. having said that you make the big show of yeah, taking the headphones yeah. off, like it's very apparent. Oh, I've I mean, got this it. This person doesn't know how to pick up on social cues. Put the, get the massive headphones on and then go to take them off and then just be like, oh, like sort of mime, like, no, sorry, they're, they're stuck. stuck. They're, oh. they're stuck. Oh, and then do like a shrug and then walk, then briskly walk on ahead. I really feel for you. Um, 
I mean, I, I think the honest answer is if you don't want to offend somebody and make the situation more awkward, mm. you have to just wave goodbye to that lovely moment oh, that's too that you sad. treat yourself to. And, and I mean, you could start a whispering campaign against them. Oh, get them sacked. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, just while we're on the subject of headphones Mm. so I have some headphones for when I'm out and about not the ones we use for the podcast because I mean you'd look ridiculous in these out and about you'd look like an attention seeker and uh, the little jack at the end of them Mm. um, I've bent it and it's broken Mm. now I've worked in radio stations for my whole career until a year ago Mm. so anytime I had something like that I would just take it into the radio station somebody would fix it for me what do you do in this situation? Buy new ones, but then they're quite expensive headphones. I know. Is there a jack like repair shop? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I feel you know, like almost like when somebody's grown up in a very cosseted environment Ooh. and they don't know what real life looks yeah. like. You know, you don't know how to open your own curtains if you haven't if you've had a butler your own whole life. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know either. If anybody can tell me, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's something we could get into at some stage, um, like the basics of being an adult that you somehow have missed out on. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, send us your quandary for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. You can support us by going to patreon.com stroke adrift and pledging a tiny bit of money every month or a load of money every month if you like. And uh, don't forget, you can now buy Annabelle's book if you weren't involved in the whole campaign to get it going in the first place. It's now available. Look up Annabelle Port, Annabelle versus the Internet. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And thanks to my friend Minu Patel for his advice during the incident. Uh, nothing to plug for Minu. As I said, he doesn't have his news agents anymore. And if I got you to just go and see him now at his regular job, it would be at best uh, an annoyance and at worst some kind of invasion of privacy. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our idents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Carla Gowlett took our photos and Kim Rainey made our artwork. Send your story of trying to run the human race and staggering and stumbling to hello at adriftpodcast.com and that's the same email address if you have a quandary that you would like us to address in Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. And finally, thanks to whichever Scottish hotelier it was uh, back in the 70s, 80s, I'm not sure, who decided it was acceptable for parents to leave a baby monitor behind the reception desk and then just go out for the evening. Adrift. All right, we've got loads of podications today. Mm. Um, I don't know why it's so uh, so busy this week. Just that time of the month, isn't it? Isn't that it? People suddenly need one. So let's have a look. First one comes from Lauren Butson, who says, Hiya. 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 
I would like a publication for my husband, Luke, who will be 31 on the 21st of April. Luke has been a long-term listener, going back to the radio show days, but unfortunately, I have terrible taste in music. So apart from the occasional car journey when I heard you, it's taken me a bit more time to find you. Luke finally convinced me to start listening to Adrift after coming home from work every Wednesday and regaling me with other drifters' stories, and I couldn't help but listen for myself. I am definitely now a fully pledged drifter. Oh, this Luke, is amazing. Luke, this is great work. Yeah. Um if all's gone to plan, sorry, sorry about the squeaky voice again. If all's gone to plan, we should currently be driving down to Devon as I'm due to complete a skydive on Friday, mm. a gift from Luke, which I've been putting off for 19 months. I'm not surprised. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be putting us off indefinitely. For life. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Luke. Whoa. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm just going to find a free weekend. Uh, yeah. uh, Luke gave me this gift two weeks after having our little girl, Evelyn. And is it Evelyn or Evelyn? It depends on the person. Okay. Well, there you go. You get it both ways. Take mm-hmm. your pick. And there's nothing like becoming a new parent to make you start worrying about your own mortality. Oh, well, I put it off long enough and he keeps telling me I'm going to love it. And I'm sure everything will be fine with just the one parent if anything went wrong. <laughs> Oh dear, no, be fine. Yeah. Um, Luke and I have been together 14 years, and the one thing I've got used to is his unfortunate ability to be accidentally non PC. The incident that sticks out most is when we're in America at the end of our gap year. We sat in a train station, and Luke and I were both just relaxing as the train was delayed. All of a sudden, and in all innocence, Luke turned to me and said, I like little people, I do. I just looked at him in panic as just behind him, completely unbeknownst to him, there was a man of very short stature. No. Luke very promptly stood up, oh, grabbed no. our bags and decided our train was now ready to go. Although we still had 40 minutes to wait and oh. no other chairs to sit on. That's a weird thing to just blurt out. Yeah, but then, then coincidentally... Yeah. But I mean, I know it's a bit patronising, but you're ultimately being positive. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you could have been saying I hate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's a lovely person, really. And Evelyn and I just want to say happy birthday to him. Um, so happy birthday, Luke. Happy birthday. Mm. I hope Luke's enormous. Oh, but that makes the little people thing nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eliza Spencer says, hi there, Annabelle and Jeff. Hi. hi there. I've written and rewritten this email so many times. It's been sitting in my notes folder as a draft. But hopefully this is far enough advanced to request a podication for the friend who first introduced me to your podcast a few months back. What? Yes, another another one. one! This is amazing. Wow. Jan, um, pronounced Jan. Ugh, I can't believe I'm specifying linguistics. Sorry. Jan <laughs> is celebrating his birthday on the 20th of April. Another you one. You share your birthday with Adolf Hitler. Oh. And me. <laughs> yeah. Why was it? It's not Luke's birthday on Friday, is it? Did I miss that? No, Luke's on the 21st, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 When you said another one, you mean another one as well as me and Hitler. Right. Right. Um, And I know a publication from you both would make his day. So if you can squeeze it in, happy birthday to one of the kindest and most awkward people I know. Thanks for teaching me how to be present and for all the funny conversations that I'm sure will continue for a long time. That's a lovely thing to to, to have... Taught somebody or help somebody be present. Mm. That's a wonderful thing you've done there, Jan. Yeah. I'd like to know how to be present if you've got time to you know, yeah. teach me too, Jan. Me too. Um, 
Light and love to you. I love it. Love this. I love some of the language uh, Eliza's using here. Light and love to you all. I pinky promise I'll sign up to Patreon as soon as I finish this semester of uni. Until then, send in lots of awkward vibes from Sydney. Oh, Eliza. Amazing. Nice. Uh, what else we got here? Molly Thompson. Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hi. I am writing to you for a podication uh, for my best friend Lou to be read out near the 22nd of April. Now, that is Lynn Barron's birthday. Whoa. Happy birthday so to So many Lynn. birthdays. Although this one isn't a birthday. <laughs> no. Uh, Lou and I are both long-term listeners. We came to your live show and even popped to visit the studio last year, sometimes near, sometime near the end. I remember, I think they bought some M&A goodies to- M&S goodies. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, the last time I wrote in for a publication was for Lou's birthday a couple of years ago. This time I'm writing to wish her enormous luck and to show my support for her as she runs the London Marathon Way, for the first time. Yes. Uh, she's wanted to do this for such a long time and has applied every year and is finally getting to do it. She's trained tremendously hard. I'm very proud of her, though I could never possibly say that to her face, hence making you say it for me. That's what we're here for. Yep. Uh, Lou is running in support of the Migraine Trust, a very important cause to her and those who love her, who love her as she's suffered for, with migraines her whole life. They're a tricky business, so much more than just a headache. And having known Lou for such a long time, I've seen what a horrendous beast they can be. Yes, I have some experience in this and uh, they, uh, they are beastly. Um, sadly, I won't be there to cheer her on, mostly because I don't like crowds and have a tendency to make inappropriate jokes. I can't be trusted not to hold up a sign suggesting do a Paula Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she said she'll be listening to podcasts as she goes, she, so she might even listen to this one. Lou, if you're listening, do it. Do the Radcliffe. Yeah. Uh, nothing says friendship like a bit of heckling. Thanks, Jeff and Annabelle, for the awkward anecdotes and social struggle solving. Until next time, many thanks and all the best wishes. Wishes, Molly. Chris Price writes, um, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Can I please have a publication for my wife? It will soon be our first anniversary, 17th of April, which is actually the day we're recording this. And I've finally talked her into giving podcasts a listen. So one more drifter to add to your list. Oh, this is incredible. It really is. We, we might be doubling our listening yeah. figures here. Finally, we're getting a bit of momentum after all finally, these years. Finally. Uh, also, thanks for reading out loads of my stories. I'm a very clumsy person physically and mentally, so I'm well known for always having a story of ineptitude. I have an update uh, on a story you read out on podcast three or four, where I gave my own parcel into the ticket inspector. Um, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> not realising it was my own pair of expensive work trousers that had fallen out of my bag. The next week, I checked at the ticket office and they were never handed in. No, no. Oh, this is great. I've seen him once or twice since, but I cannot tell if he's wearing my trousers. Whoa. Anyway, keep up the work. I am spreading the word wherever I can. Chris Price. Wow, well, a happy uh, wedding anniversary. Yes. First wedding anniversary. To uh, did, we, did we get your wife's name? Mm. don't think we did. A little error there. He, said, he yeah. says he's often clumsy mentally. There you go. That was, <laughs> that was a clumsy mistake. <laughs> And uh, finally, this is from Joanne, who says, Dear Jeff, Annabelle and fellow drifters, it's been a while since my last publication. Like your good selves, I've been late to parenthood and have found little time to drink a hot drink, let alone pen a podication. I first wrote to you to wish my then boyfriend a happy birthday, subsequently husband and now father to our son Finlay. Could I be more 2.4 children? 
Mm-hmm. Four years later, and I'm writing once again to wish Philip Morris a happy birthday. So, in order to be able to complete my induction as a drifter and to prove my general inept attempt at life, I will share one of my catalogue of moments I can reflect upon and pull a face, similar to Edvard Munch's The Scream, and shout, Why? <laughs> as a teenager, I had a brace to straighten my teeth with the full horror of headgear. Mm. For those listeners not familiar with headgear, this is a contraption I assume was invented and constructed in 1810, initially as a war torture instrument, later to discover prisoners were left with lovely straight teeth. Unfortunately, one of uh, the aforementioned prisoners was also a part-time dentist and so became the, uh, the inventor of the headgear brace. The brace worked well. We do have an <laughs> illustration here, you have a photo but uh, the brace worked well and after three years I was left with straight teeth however over the subsequent years my teeth gradually became crooked again I hated looking at photos of myself one of my now back set of teeth always looked black or gold depending on the shadow cast by the light neither of which I felt was a good look nor can I carry off the gangster look so come my early 30s and with the invention of clear braces I thought I'd have my teeth straightened once again it was during one of the orthodontist checkups that the incident happened. The orthodontist uh, regularly asks for you to bite down to ensure the alignment of your teeth is correct. On this particular occasion, and I'm still not entirely sure how this happened while the orthodontist finger is still in my mouth, I start to bite down. This is an involuntary movement. The only way I can explain it is, and I really hope I'm not the only person here, when you bite in jest a baby's bottom, (laughs) you can feel your jaw wanting to bite down. You obviously don't let this happen. Well, unless... Seemingly, the flesh is your orthodontist finger. The orthodontist is now asking me to stop biting. For some reason, my brain doesn't process this information. Combined with some caveman instinct, I continue to bite (laughs) down harder. His voice is now getting louder and louder as he repeats, Stop biting! Stop biting! Eventually, my brain kicks in and I release his finger. Oh, the shame, the terrible, terrible shame. I haven't evolved. I'm nothing more than a dog with a stick. I have to be instructed to release. Orthodontist now running around the room, holding his finger. Not sure I can continue to recount this story any further. All the hairs on my arms are standing up and I want to curl up and die. Well, I hope that story has processed my drifter application form a little further. Keep up the mediocre work, Joanne. That's spectacular. Mm. I don't have that bite down thing, but my wife really has it. Oh, I do. You have a bit of a bite down thing as well, don't you? Definitely, yeah. So, happy birthday to, to Philip Morris. And a happy anniversary to Chris Price's wife. I forgot to name. <laughs> uh, what else did we have? We had happy birthday to Jan from Eliza. And we had, um, what, what was Luke doing? Skydive? Was it just a podcast? It was a birthday, birthday, wasn't it? Birthday yeah. on the uh, 21st. And then the final one was the, the Migraine Marathon. Trust Marathon yeah. runner who, uh, who was Lou from molly so those are this week's podications thank you for listening if you'd like a podcast uh, dedication for sure a podication it's a portmanteau we invented some years ago now you can email hello at adriftpodcast.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.